call unto thee, O Lord, and send down my life to guide us, for we are weak and afraid, and we lack knowledge. There is no one to hear your plea, no one to answer you, no one to ease your suffering. Lord, have mercy upon us. Hey, hey, welcome to the NY Patriot Show. Here we delve deep into the abyss, covering topics such as occultism, spirituality, secret societies, conspiracies, and the unknown. Join us in trying to put these pieces together and figuring all this shit out. The NY Patriot Show. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome back to the NY Patriot Show. Uh, today, I have my partner in crime, my co-host from the Occult Rejects, Lux from Lux Rising Podcast, joining me as well. And today, we have uh, Dr. Lawrence Brock. Uh, I have been wanting to, for a while, cover people with uh, NDE experiences. Um, I had no idea. I was like, how was I even going to find somebody for that? And I was like, you know what? Maybe uh, there's Facebook groups for it. So I posted, right? <laughs> yeah, I posted in a Facebook group. I had a couple of people answer me. I spoke to this man, and I felt like uh, he'd be a great person to have on the show. So I will introduce uh, Dr. Lawrence Brock. And uh, Dr. Lawrence Brock, if you don't mind, maybe just give everybody a little brief you know, idea of who you are. And why yeah. Not. So I did have a near-death experience. I'm 67 when I was 22 so many years ago and it really sent me on a spiritual journey Um, and now I came back from that with some healing abilities but it was back in the 1970s and it wasn't like you look online well you didn't look online for anything back then or you know the information Mm -hmm. about near-death experiences were not all was not all over the place you know now there's even tv shows about it it's like you know So I didn't really know what to make of it. One thing I did notice right away, I started meeting a lot of people that had near-death experiences and a lot of spiritual teachers, just what seemed like randomly, but it obviously wasn't. I also had my hands started to become very warm when I touched anyone, even for a moment. And, you know, now it's like, you'd think right away, oh, healing abilities, but I didn't even think of that back then. And so I started learning from these teachers and learn that that energy can be used for healing. And then I developed those skills to work in different ways with people and, you know, do healing over long distance. And that really changed my life in a, in a good way. It's hard living this kind of life, you know, when you're dedicated to something that's not about making money and, you know, necessarily succeeding in the world. Mm. I can agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. So my story happened, like I said, back in 1976. I was living in Colorado in the U.S., and my family was from the Northeast and just north of New York City. Um, I had come back east to visit my parents, which I would do once in a while, and my roommate in Colorado was a friend of mine from high school, so his parents lived in the same area. We drove back. You know, like it's, I 
I forget, it's like 2,000 mile drive, but we did it pretty much straight through. So we got there, went to each of our family's houses and rested for a while. And we heard about a party that a friend from high school was having. So we went to the party. Um, you know, there was drinking and pot and other things that I don't do anymore these days. But um, so it was, I mean, kind of a cute story, but I, the end result was I was damaged physically. But um, the, the young lady having the party I thought was kind of cute. So I was kind of pretending to be a little more drunk than I thought I really was. And I asked my friend to drive me back to my parents' house and I would go get the car the next day so I could, you know, talk to this young lady who was a little too busy at her party and it was so loud and everything. Um, almost all the way back to my parents' house, I realized my sister needed the car the next day. And I asked my friend to drive me back. He protested because, you know, I told him I was too high to drive. And I explained to him that I was overacting that part, or I thought I was. And <clears throat> so I went back to the party. I went in to tell the young lady that I was taking my car. And I still have a vision of walking towards a door to leave the party. And, it, you know, it was a very lot of people, music, but I even the image in my mind is, you know, people were a little hazy. And, you know, sometimes when you drink, the colors get a little brighter. And it was like that. And I shouldn't have driven. I know that now, but back then I was young and foolish, let's say. So I don't remember getting in the car or anything else about driving until I was out of my body in the white light, all around me, white light, looking down. The car was smashed beyond what you could imagine someone to survive in. It was, I mean, really smashed. And my body was leaning against a tree, like sitting on the ground, my legs out like this and a police officer was crouching over me. Oh my God. Yeah. And my head was cracked open, which part of it was all that seemed totally fine. Like everything just seemed really fine. It felt so loving, warm, and a certain knowing that everything is just how it's supposed to be. So there was wow. all this white light around me behind me. There was a big circle of white and then within that, there was a person, but it was just like a total white, you know, uh, white color of it, like the image of a person. Like and a white walking. silhouette kind of? Yes. Oh. Yeah. But like their full body. So, and off that, there was another shade of white kind of radiating off that. And again, it, the, it just felt, you know, people ask me questions. Did you have a body? I don't know. But it felt like I had a body because it felt so nice. Um, it just like kind of knowing everything and, you know, getting glimpses into some dramas in my life. And like, oh, I understand why. And even the, my car crash, I just you understood everything. Then the being from behind me said, you have to go back. Your father wants you to stay. As soon as the being said that, I knew the father was God, not my physical father. And oh in the spirit of everything is okay and everything's good. I went back into my body. I came to three days later in the hospital. Um, my understanding too. of all this really happened. Uh, as I mentioned, part of what happened was I just started meeting people that knew about this stuff. And, you know, I didn't, I mentioned it to a few people here and there, but 
it's not like you'd say it and people go, oh, a near-death experience. They, you know, they kind of look at you like you're a little, yeah, you know, oh, yeah, 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 <laughs> a little yeah. crazy or something. But uh, one thing that happened that I didn't even realize, I mean, I knew it happened, but I didn't realize how cool it was because I was, so I had, I went back to Colorado for a while, then I moved back to New York and uh, in Westchester, in Tarrytown, uh, New York, I was living and someone knocked on my door. I opened the door, there was this beautiful woman there and she said to me, my sister is a good friend of yours from Colorado and she told me some cool things about you. And it ended up, that was one of the people I mentioned my near-death experience to and this woman said she knew someone who knew about this stuff and, you know, taught people about what happens after we die. And she introduced me to him. And he was a Sufi sheikh, which is Sufism is part of the Islamic religion. And so I, uh, as soon as she mentioned this guy, I, go, I, need, I need to meet this guy. You know, I need to hear what he has to say. So I followed up on that and I ended up studying with him for a long time about 10 years when he, he started to talk to me about three different things that just like, you know, when you get an aha moment. So the first thing he talked about was Mary and how much Mary loved God and how open she was to the Christ energy coming in. And I said, Whoa, that was like my feeling that that love coming in. And then he talked about Jesus. And as soon as he said that, I knew that being behind me was Jesus and then he talked about the ocean of divine love and benevolence. And I knew that white light around me, that's what it described. And even now I say that I kind of want to close my eyes and float away in that ocean of light. You know? That's wild. That's yeah. Wild. Was it Very like cool. a, uh, like a, like you said, was it like a sphere at one point or like a glowing orb or, and then, or was it just, well, it, there was white all around me and just a big white circle Again, you're using words that are used nowadays <laughs> and all that it was. Like it was white here, but then there was, and someone said, so you could see behind you. And I thought, you know, I didn't even think of that. I just knew it, it wasn't really seeing. It was more like being a part of it. And yes. just knowing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's been times I've had experiences in magic where I was like somewhere that I wasn't like physically, but when yeah. I experienced it, my uh, my body was never there. It was as if like I was a camera, like watching, and like I could just like kind of rotate and look all around. I didn't have a body attached to me. Yeah, so I find that again trying to describe it is you, <laughs> you know, can't with words. Close, yeah, it's like beyond beyond describing. It's very very interesting that um, it seems that with a lot of the near death experiences that I've read about or even talking to you that there is a that there is this expression that when this is taking place that you are feeling yeah uh, emotionally you are feeling so in this you know sort of out of body state we're still having these sort of i guess human like uh, yeah feelings it's very very interesting to me it is and um i i mean i'm a very kinesthetic person even in my physical body you know and so that's how and you know, there's, I have to remember still, you know, I went to the supermarket today. I have to remember when I get out of my car to look because part of me just, oh, I understand where this is by how I feel. And then sometimes I come out of the supermarket, it's like, I don't remember where I parked. So I have to remember <laughs> to look because I'm a very kinesthetic person. Yeah. Mm, that's right. 
you, you had mentioned before, I just want to say like real quick, even yeah. um, when I talk about some of the experiences I had with magic, you had mentioned, I guess, like you said, like you felt like a warmth, like it was like a, a very positive like feeling though, right? That you yeah. feel, I, I often say that that's like, that to me, that's like one of the, the beautiful things about some of the magical experiences I've had is because of like, to me, I felt like that everything was like any anger, uh, guilt, shame, anxiety, mm -hmm. all that stuff just just melts right off of you and you <laughs> so, feel yeah. like this this warm vibrating warm feeling like you know like when you feel that vibration like by your heart when you're thinking of someone or something that you love you kind of it's yeah. like it was mm. that but resonating through my whole body a hundred times more than i ever could have imagined right a million like, uh, times more a hundred yeah, yeah 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 i love that you mentioned that because i've Definitely. it could be the same feeling yeah. i've experienced yeah i mean the cool one of the cool things for me, I do like to do this because it reminds me of it. And when I think of it, I connect into that energy. And it mm. just, I start to feel, like I said, even now I'm starting to connect. I want to just close my eyes and, you know, float away into that. Um, and so what I did of studying with these different people was learn how to use that energy to help other people and heal them, which is, again, it's a few years ago. I mean, even... For years, I didn't really talk to people about it. And I was teaching a class at the University of Bridgeport in Bridgeport, Connecticut, on mindfulness, breathing, and meditation. And after the class, a woman said to me, she was teaching a class on death and dying. And, you know, I'd heard of near-death experience before, and so I was using that. And I said, I had a near-death experience. She got so excited and said, you need to come talk to my class. And then I posted something on Facebook and, you know, I was so surprised how many people were interested. I didn't realize it had become a thing, but I, you know, my, my process has always been more about spiritual growth and becoming a better person. And I just start in that I started learning from people how to channel this healing energy and that loving, warm, knowing, again, the, the million, the billion times, it's like infinite because when you connect into it, it's like all the way in every direction. It's yeah. not, there's no way to, you know, we feel in our heart, but then you go, and it's like, oh my God, this is the greatest thing. Yeah, it's almost like you feel like you're the part of the fabric of whatever you, yeah. Yeah, of the universe, of God, how, whatever source, whatever, you know, whatever you use to describe that. And you had said that. It, you had woken up days later um, in the hospital. Did you feel as though that there was a, a big gap of time or was this sort of instantaneous from you recalling this, you know, um, out of body experience to realizing now that you're, you're in the hospital? Did it seem in instantaneous or did it feel like you were away for yeah, a I, significant amount of time? That I don't know. It, it was, there was something about it that was almost timeless. I mean, that's one of the questions people ask me. It, it didn't seem, see, then when I start to try to connect, then it's like, oh, it's kind of floating and there's no time. It didn't seem like a very long time. Like some people say, oh, it seemed like three years or whatever. I, I didn't experience that. Hmm. Okay. I, what I did, like how, um, after that experience, you said you got into all this stuff. What was it about that experience that, like, I guess, changed your thinking and your ways? And you know what I'm saying? Like, what was it that brought yeah. you to, like, changing your spirituality? 
That is a good question. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I just had to, you know, well, you know, looking back, there was some clues that happened that were, you know, pushing me in this direction. It, it was just hard to deny it because I would meet people like that woman showing up at my door. You know, I had this phenomenal experience and then I, you know, I went back to Colorado for a little while and then came back to New York and I had a job in construction, you know, so I was going to work, going home, you know, drinking beers kind of thing and, you know, going to the bar or whatever. And, you know, I had that experience, but I didn't know what to make of it. And then this woman showed up and I met this guy and he, you know, when he talked, it was just like, oh, I need to be around this person. And I did uh, for about 10 years. I Well, I wasn't around him for all the 10 years. So some of it was just studying on my own from things he taught me or books and things like that. But I, I don't know. It just, you know, it just was part of my makeup. I, I don't know. I don't know how to really answer that, except I just had to. I, like, had to find out. In the beginning, it was studying what happened after we die, because even, you know, in the beginning, I didn't, around that time, people started using the phrase near-death experience, but I didn't really hear of it. So there's like uh, the Tibetan Book of the Dead we read. There was this guy, E.J. Gold, who was kind of a character, a Sufi, who wrote kind of these interesting books, but he wrote a book about death that we used. And um, So I, I don't know, even now, I just, I want to know more, you know, there's yeah, just yeah. something in me. It's in my heart. It's in my gut. That's just pulling me in that direction. After your experience, did you, when was the first time that you sort of noticed that something was different that now sort of you were more open to this energy of healing? Was it, um, did it happen randomly or, or kind of over time? Did you start to notice, Hey, something's different now. Um, I mean, I remember certain situations that happened. Again, in my mind, I didn't really know what to make of it. So, you know, I knew the one thing that was undeniable, my hands would become warm and sometimes hot when I would touch people, even going to shake hands or, you know, just touch someone like that. And um, one time I was with a friend and he like twisted his ankle and I just instinctively reached out to try to help, you know, put my hands on it. And he said, wow, it started to feel better, like right away. And again, it wasn't like, oh, healing abilities, because I didn't even know those words, you know, but it, so I kind of stumbled across it and meeting people. The Sufi sheikh would say, I'm a sensitive, which I knew, you know, for a man to hear that isn't always a compliment, but I knew it wasn't (laughs) from him because uh, when I, that woman first came to see me, she actually gave me this guy, one of these guys' books, and it, his teacher called him a sensitive. So I knew he was talking about being sensitive to spiritual information and, you know, knowing things and all that. It was, it was gradual in a time where people were not talking about this stuff. That's what, you know, eventually. So when I taught that class at the University of Bridgeport, it was... I don't know, maybe five or six years ago. So there was, you know, from 1976 to, let's say, 2016, you know, so many years before it was like, oh, this is a thing, you know. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I did, I studied, I studied different kinds of healing since then, but 
something about that time in that class and everything really got me to own what was going on in a way where I didn't have to pretend I didn't know or, you know, it was just okay. It just when you know, people accept it more and it's not like I would mention it to someone and they would look at like I'm crazy. They start to look at like, wow, that's a great thing. So I could look at it that way. You know, it's very interesting that you mentioned like, you know, when this happened so long ago, you know, the whole thing with you even saying I didn't have the internet to look up anything. I mean, that that, <laughs> that, that, that really, if you really think about it, you can't even imagine it, right? <laughs> like nowadays it's like, uh, you, you get a hangnail, you can Google what the, you know, anything, you know, you can Google, uh, you oh, know, yeah. what, what is this? What is that? Well, what is this about? You can look for other, you know, posts or people that, you know, have spoken about stuff, but, but like back then, like you really had. Like, I don't see, like, really to connect with more people, I, I can't see how that would have been easy. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's yeah. a really good point that well, you didn't even have, like, the tools to really probably dig too deep into other experiences. Unless, like, what were you going to do? Go to the library and try to find books? You know what I'm saying? Like, Well, that's, yeah. So there mm -hmm. were the spiritual books. And, uh, I mean, one, in, in a funny, cute way, again, it, there was Star Trek that I liked when I was young. And there was one of the episodes where this woman... <coughs> was put together with Captain Kirk, I don't know, one or two of the other people in it. And she had to learn, because she had, she was born with healing abilities, but she was afraid to do it because when she would heal people, then she would get sick for a little while. And this episode was about her learning to put her needs aside and heal. And it, it was funny because I had to learn to kind of not do that because I don't want to be getting sick when I heal people. And sometimes it is you take stuff on from other people and you have to do stuff to clear that but as much as possible you want to kind of surrender to god or the source or the light to the universe that that does the healing as opposed to me personally oh, that's mm -hmm. a, that's i think that's a real big difference and i think that's where uh sometimes you have to keep the ego out of it you got to realize it's not me who's yeah. doing it <laughs> Yeah. Well, in, it's in one way, you have to be really dis. You're, you got to really discipline your ego because it takes a lot of strength to do that, and it's it's not. It is not just surrendering and oh la di da. It's surrendering and being very strong in your surrender. So you get the ego to do that, and then you stay on track with that. So it's always, you know, what's for the highest good. What is, you know, there's the different saints that come in sometimes and, you know, like what is their opinion and what is the direct, even with healing someone, if, you know, if, like a simple example, if someone really hurts their leg, you would think, well, their leg should be fixed, but it's possible their leg shouldn't be fixed and, and, you know, leaving room for that and allowing the person to blossom and grow inside to really fulfill their spiritual destiny mm. takes, you know, precedence over, their leg feeling better or which i mean ideally they're both happening but sometimes you just need to leave room for that in there no i actually i mean i i'm assuming like maybe your example would be a little bit drastic but i mean let's say if like when you got hurt if somebody was able to do healing and came right over to you and and and, and fixed you all up you may never have had this experience that you had now you know what i'm saying yeah. so i can see what you're getting at you know it's, it's a balance of learning how to do that. And, you know, sometimes, well, I had there one, you know, experience in particular. <clears throat> so um, a friend of my wife's at the time was, it's like she never slept. 
you know, she'd fall asleep at night, sometimes sitting in a chair just for a couple of hours for years. And I knew that I could help her. And there was something I back. The first thing I studied is called polarity therapy, mm. which is like gentle stimulating points similar to acupressure, but more gentle. And I knew I could help her sleep. And I told her, so I had an office in my house. I said, come over like the last appointment and just, you, you can sleep over, you know, she was a friend of my wife's. And so I did what I did to her and I knew she fell asleep and she woke up like the first time. And I don't know how many years she slept for like eight hours. And Holy crap. And I thought, wow, this is like the greatest thing in the world. But even right away, how she looked at me, like something in her was very pissed off about it for some reason. Mm. And I don't know what, I, it just was a learning experience for me of like, who am I to kind of assume? And, you know, that part was my ego coming in like, oh, I could help her sleep. And, you know, that part. So there's just, I mean, you want that to be your intention, but you also want to allow for the person's highest good to be the real purpose of what you're doing. That's a really good point. I, I yeah. never really would have thought of something like that. Very interesting. Is there, um, are there signs or some type of indication before you are about to start one of these sessions? Like what is, what is the process of where you sort of uh, focus? Is this the best thing for this person right now? What is that kind of? Yeah. Um, well, part of what I learned is to you, like in the way in my near death, and recently I had a whole new level of understanding about this, of that there is a knowing there, but our mind comes in and wants to put words and images on it, that, and that comes from what we've learned in our mind. So it is like you get this, it is more of a feeling of knowing, and then you hold your mind back. And sometimes you don't really get to know and you don't get to know what it's going to look like or, you know, what the image or what the words are. And you just hold this thing of loving and acceptance. And within there is the acceptance. This person is good. I mean, everyone has this good thing in them. And then, you know, the acceptance is that, I mean, it is kind of, well, you want them to heal, but it is an acceptance of what their process is. Sometimes when I work on people, their symptoms will get worse before they get better, which, I mean, I don't wish that on anyone, but it's kind of a normal thing. And I've just learned to be more accepting about the process and what each person's process is. I, I mean, some of it is just having these experiences and learning about it. You know, again, you're asking for these concrete words to describe this thing of, man, this person's just good. And mm -hmm. that good thing you want them to, you know, be happy and healthy and, you know, there's some of it you just got to turn over to spirit. So there's just sort of this knowing, right? Yeah, and even that's like I'm a little reluctant. It mm -hmm. is a knowing, but it's kind of a knowing in like here as opposed to here. <laughs> yeah. And, you mm -hmm. know, so it's like acceptance and knowing, like I guess would be the best way to describe it. Mm. Very good. I like that. Uh, like a discernment. Yeah. Or your intuition. Yes. Yeah. Uh, not to, to, to go backwards, but I, I was interested in when you were talking about the Sufi, was there things that you had learned from that that kind of was like, oh, wow, that's like, once you got into that, did that help you learn more about your own experience? And like, and how, and how did that happen? If that, 
You understand yeah, what I'm getting well, at? Like certain maybe uh, he started using those words, and then it was like, oh, that's what it was. And you know, part of it was that it was a thing, and even though I knew it happened, you know, <laughs> it would be easy to try to go into was that just my imagination? Um, so yeah, I mean, he taught specific. Well, and that one of the cool things that happened with him, he was teaching this workshop it's in St. Patrick's Cathedral in New York City oh, wow. on sacred geometry. And the other people in the class had studied this for a while, and I didn't. And you know, I asked him about being in class. He said, you're not really going to understand what it is because these are more advanced students. And I told him I still want to be there. I would help him out, like you know, do menial things that sometimes spiritual teachers ask you to do just to be around them. And I was sweeping the floor and during one of the breaks and he said, here, come into my office. He was a real character and jokester because he didn't have an office there. So he, <laughs> he went into this little room and he said, give me your hands. And he, he, he put my hands in his hands and he squeezed, he goes, there, you got it. And I said, what, what are you talking about? And then he said, oh, you, you, nope, give me your hands again. And then he squeezed and he said, oh, there you got it. And I asked him, tried to ask him what he meant, but something he said to me a lot is you don't need to know that. And I noticed after that my intention and my ability to use the heat in my hands and the heat in my hands increased. So that was kind of a mystical. So wow. a lot of the information you get, I mean, even we're talking here and you know, as we've said, there's no way to describe it. So it's like you get the spirit of the message and it comes in and you don't know exactly even what it is, but you know it's something. And there's, you know, the, your heart opens up and this joy comes in. It's like, oh, that's it. But then someone would say, what is it? You go, well, it's the joy in my heart. Beyond that, I don't know how to describe it. Hmm. Nice. You had mentioned before about sometimes like you just want to like close your eyes and like go back to that. <laughs> Can 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 you can you would you mind going over like do you do that and when you do like what's the experience what's your visual experience do you feel anything like what is your process like if you want to go yeah. back to that if you don't mind well even you say that it's like I just start to feel this energy pulling me up um, mm. so the big revelation that I had recently was I had to let go of the vision and the word part even more than I was before because I even had like a way to do that. And I would imagine this beautiful place, but, you know, and I kind of known this in my mind for a long time, but our images limit it. So mm -hmm. I was not able to use that image that I kind of generate to go. And it was started to kind of hold me back. And so I, I don't have an image for the new level. So, and I don't know if I'm going to get to do that because there's a lot of letting go, but it is, I close my eyes and there's, um, on my YouTube channel, I have the basic soul meditation that is designed to help people do that and learn how to do that. So oh, wow. there's okay. some you could focus on your third eye. You could focus on your heart. There's some chanting in there and then listening because a lot of times this energy that's pulling you, there's a sound to it and you can just go into the sound and it just kind of, you know, oh. lifts you up. What is this? How would you explain the sound if you don't mind? Um, well, some people call it the sound current in the, in the Sufi tradition that you chant and the, the meditation I have there is to chant hue, H U. And it's kind of pronounced in between Y O U and H U E. 
but they, uh, I really like the Sufi explanation of it, which is in the Islamic religion, they have the 99 names of God. And there are many more, like some people say there's 1800, but the, these are the different qualities of God and people take those names and it's, you know, one could be like loving and caring and these positive attributes that people have and it becomes their name and that's their main expression, I guess, or one of their main expressions. So the U sound is like putting all those names together. So these 1800 names and these qualities. So it's like all the qualities and all the positive attributes of God. And <clears throat> then the next thing is you try to hear that in everything, you know, you hear, and it's kind of easy in nice sounds like, you know, on a beautiful summer day, you hear the, the leaves rustling. It's kind of easy. The tricky part is to hear it, you know, when people are saying, you know, <laughs> one year, you know, I have a teenage daughter who sometimes is acting out. And so I keep reminding myself, hmm, can I hear that within her? And, you know, it, that's a good example because a lot of times she's getting emotionally upset and she's releasing stuff. And something in me is feeling, ah, it's hurting me, but can I shift to go, well, I'm going to try to listen for that sound in there. And sometimes I can. Wow. That's wild. Is, um, is during the healing process, um, when you're with someone, how important is vibration and frequency to that healing process? Do you use any type of, um, extra materials like singing bowls or, or anything like that. How do you integrate the vibration and frequency into healing? Yeah. I mean, I, I used to use things like that. There was a time I used crystals a lot. Um, you know, I used to do body work, but you know, any of those things, I mean, the, the crystal bowls are a really good example because I've heard people do that and it is like, Oh, that is the sound. And you just feel it in your body in a very nice healing way. I've heard people do it. It's like, I need to get out of the room. You know, so it's, it's a lot, the person, the intention they're bringing in the, you know, some of it is their training and what they know. And, and then some of it is, well, does it match up good for me? You know, someone else could hear the, those balls that I need to get away from and think this is heaven. You know, so, mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, everything. So something I do, I use colors a lot. So there's a frequency of the colors. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Think, yeah, well, I mean, isn't that what color is? Just a, uh, a vibration that you're able to see, and that's the color you see it in. Yeah, yeah. 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 Swave lengths. Yeah. Uh, fuck, there was it's kind of cool because sometimes the color comes in. You know, sometimes I choose a color to use, and but sometimes the color just comes in, and I have experiences uh, you know, I see the color fill up the room where I am and the person goes, whoa, the room just filled up with purple. Or A lot of times it's purple, sometimes it's green. Or, oh, I was or just going to ask purple. you, I was mm -hmm. just going to ask you if there was any specific colors that you seem to see more, more of than not. The purple and kind of, and the funny thing is I'm colorblind, so when I'm going to say this part, yeah. there's a bluish color that I think is a little purple, but I can't, sometimes... I can't even tell the difference between blue and purple, actually. That's interesting. But sometimes green. So green is more for physical healing, the purple and blue. Blue is like spiritual and mental. Purple is like purely for spiritual. That's wild. Because I've mentioned kind of on my own, from my own experiences, I think like purple, blue, and green tend to be like the main colors of anything that I see before I get the oh, white cool. light and everything else goes away. 
Yeah, that's, that's really weird. Um, you had mentioned earlier too about uh, you said like a, a sound. Um, when you have these experiences or before you go into like these types of like meditations or whatever you're doing, I mean, from my own experience, there sometimes seems to be like a sound that I hear that almost the best way for me to explain it is like a propeller almost like a like that. Yeah. Have you ever experienced that as well? I don't remember hearing that sound in particular, but what I suggest is try to listen into the center of that and see if there's other sounds there. That's, and generally, and this is very general because the positive spiritual energy is everywhere, but try to listen on your right side as opposed to anywhere. <laughs> and that mm-hmm. usually means it's more likely to be positive because there are the negative things in the spirit too. That, And I'm glad to hear you say how you're describing magic because some people do that to control people, and that's not what I yeah. do. Me, yeah. It's like opening of the heart and this growing and learning and loving and that so i'm glad to hear you talk you know there are a lot of things that depends on your intention what you're trying to do nailed it and you know that pretty much everything you know even regular doctors you know anybody cooks everything you know there can be more negative things and more positive things. yeah no for sure mm-hmm. I, I definitely agree with you and that's why i wanted to have you on to talk about this because i do think this all kind of ties in with magic in a sense yeah. And it uh, does not have to be a negative thing. It could be, you know, a great experience, a beautiful experience, you know, and life-changing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a lot of what I do, it's, you have to be, it, well, for me, I want it to be part of my intention to not control people. And it becomes hard, like if you, you know, th- there are times I work on people and I'm always trying to be gentle, but then people want results. So if you're too gentle, they don't feel it. But if, you're not gentle enough, then they'll have like a healing crisis. And, you know, I don't want them to do that, but I know it's, it's part of their healing process. It's their system waking up and feeling things and trying to get rid of stuff that's not good for them. It, you know, but you want to, you got to be, I have to be careful to not try to control them. So Mm. it is opening them up and allowing this energy to come in and, being as loving and gentle as I can so they have as positive experience as possible. And in the end, hopefully healing something. But a lot of people come to me, they've been to every doctor, every, you know, more traditional things and they want to get healed. So hopefully they can. In your opinion, how important or how much of an impact would be a, a better word for it? How much does the mind impact the physical ailment? Yeah, I get, well, a lot and it I guess it depends on the person so there are different levels of healing Um, you know I tell people your mind can help but it's not the end-all answer and I joke around if it was we could close our eyes and imagine a million dollars and you'd open your eyes and it would be there (laughs) but we're using our mind to also try to affect our unconscious and these other parts to us for some people it's a lot in their mind. There, again, there's, the, you know, on a simple level, there's the physical, the emotional, the mental, and the spiritual. So it depends where the imbalance is, how much that. And sometimes people say, I'm trying my hardest to be positive in my thinking. And, you know, some people it's like, yeah, I can be positive in my thinking. Some people it's hard because their karma, their lessons, their stuff in them, it's just hard, you know. So I don't want people to feel bad if they can't 
you know, it's not like you close your eyes and it's like, sometimes it is like that, but it's not like you close your eyes, say a few affirmations and the world's a different place. Mm -hmm. Do you find that people that you have worked on, if they, I mean, I guess if they're coming to you, they already kind of believe it might be possible, but if there's just times, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Is, has there been people that you've noticed that seem to truly believe this stuff works so well? Do you think that that has a play into it? The fact that they even believe it's possible that this can be done. Yes. And there's kind of two sides to that coin is sometimes people believe it so much. So there's, it's like there might be a path and their belief exists. And even though all the words I'm using would describe it, their, their healing is on this path. So it's hard to get their mind over here. But sometimes people who don't believe in what I do at all, I, I mean, a few people had incredible experiences and they're just, I'm here because my friend forced me to or my <laughs> spot or whatever. You know. um, I've had a couple of times and uh, yeah, talk, well, the colors and that. So one time I had an office in Connecticut and I was, uh, my client was this kid like in his early 20s and um, I knew him and his father, but so his father was a little suspicious of what I did, even though, you know, we could get along and stuff. So he came to one of the sessions to see what was going on. And, you know, I usually say like a prayer in the beginning to call in the light. And I did. And the room filled up with green light and he saw it and he goes, what happened? Everything. <laughs> and I tried to explain to him what happened, but he was, he's an engineer and he's like looking for, you know, there was, big glass windows there. He said, the light's coming in. And he said, no, but the sun's shining over there, not over here. So he spent, you know, like 15 minutes trying to see what made the room turn green. At the end, he gave up and just said, I don't know what you do, but I feel really good. And he was paying for a sun session, so he continued to pay. So, But he didn't believe in it at all, and he had that cool experience. Well, if he came back and he had to pay for it, he obviously did after that point. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, crap, I was going to ask you something else, and that totally threw me off now. <laughs> That's interesting with the colors, though. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, even not to that that I'm like uh, promoting the guy because I don't. I think my listeners know already. But like, even Crowley talks about like when I think he did his invocation of uh, horrors. His room, the room that he was doing it in turned blue. Yeah. So I even like, you know, and I always used to be like, ah, you know, how, you know, whatever. But uh, I find that interesting that you said you have like the same experience when you, and the people that you've worked on as well, like see a color. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, I have that a lot, but one of the, another one really cool, I was, I was actually in the mall, Monmouth Mall in New Jersey. And one of my clients who was very sick called and kind of panicking and, I sat down, you know, and it was funny because the mall seemed to be going out of business, really. Like, it was surprisingly not that many people there on a weekend. And I just sat down and I called in the light and it filled up with purple light. And she said, and she was in, uh, like, in upstate New York, said it filled with purple light. And it was like, wow, it was just really cool. The thing I, I noticed after that was all of a sudden, shortly after that, the mall became way more crowded and it seemed like after that it went back, you know, it was seemed to be going downhill and started flourishing. So I, I wonder, I often kind of wish I would have checked the books to verify that. Or was it just my imagination? <laughs> and <laughs> check the books. 
You and you mentioned just now being at a distance from someone, yeah, and and doing this process. How can you kind of explain that for listeners? What is the importance of distance, and um, or the insignificant of distance to be able to do these healing processes? Yeah, it seems to not matter at all. I mean, some people have a certain preference, but um, I mean, I work with people all over the world. Uh, to me, even something that's even an extra layer of coolness on the distance is sometimes people are in a time zone where it's a different day than it is here. And that's just wow. like, I don't know, for some reason it's, I love sci-fi. It's like, you know, time travel, and, you know, <laughs> but it is like, it does, it is like when I do what I do and I don't always close my eyes, but sometimes I do, it is like I'm right there with the person and they, they feel it. They physically feel you know, warm or tingly, or they'll just, people will always say, oh, I feel so much lighter. And sometimes, oh, I'm feeling something moving in my chest or stuff like that. So, um, you know, people say there's no time and distance in the spirit. That's as good of an explanation as anything. You know, I, that's interesting that you even say, because I was going to add to this. Um, I have a, a listener that I think, you know, has listened to me since like my own show started. I think even before, oh, like cool. I even did the cult rejects, and um, they're big into had started getting big into Reiki, um, like yeah. like since I've known them, and they've done uh, they've offered, and I, I you know it was free. They were like, "Yo, let me. Do you mind if I try doing you know some Reiki on you? You know." And they you know, called me through Instagram Messenger, did it through there. Um, this person, the two times that they did it. Um, until they realized, I guess, whatever chakra that they were working on that seemed like, you know, had a problem. They wouldn't tell yeah. me where they were or what they were doing until they got there. And I can tell you, for real, for real, I'm not making it up. I felt something going on in that spot before yeah. this person told me that that's what they were focusing on. And that shit actually blew my mind, especially the last time, because like, I really felt something. It felt like, like, a, like water flowing like through my stomach. Like this yeah, energy yeah. of like flow, mm. and the person's like, "Yeah, I see like a big blockage during like your, you know around your stomach area," and I was like, "Well, I could feel you doing something already." It was fucking wild. That is cool. Yeah, yeah. and this person's and this person's over in California, three. Yeah. You know, it's totally different. You know, time zone. So yeah, it's, obviously it's that space away. didn't make a, make a damn difference. It mm. it is. There's something so cool about it, right? That's all I. <laughs> I love it. I mean, it is. There's. Uh, yeah. I have clients in Europe and, you know, Eastern Asia and all that stuff too. So it's, it is really cool. Um, I'm curious if you've ever looked into or researched the gateway project. Um, was uh, No, I don't think so. I think you'd be really interested yeah. in yeah. checking that out. The gateway, uh, gateway project was a decade long research study that the CIA did Oh, really? uh, working with frequency, tones, and vibration based on uh, the Monroe Institute, Dr. Monroe. Who, yeah, yeah, I think I've heard of that, yeah. Yeah, so he would use different tones and vibration to, he called it hemisync, uh, bringing the left side of the brain and the right side of the brain into, um, into harmony. And so yeah. then he would do a bunch of these different meditations and uh, eventually the CIA was looking into it and used it for astral travel. And it, what you're describing right now is exactly what they describe in this, yeah. this study. And uh, to me, it's probably 
you know, one of the most important studies done about this because it was by the CIA. So, you know, right. I mean, it has a certain legitimacy to it that it's not, you know, there's a certain part of this that's kind of woo woo that <laughs> trying to find. Mm-hmm. So, as I said, my degree is in spiritual science, and a big part of the schooling was to try to find science, you know, make it a scientific method. Like for six years, I had to track pretty much everything I did from you wake up, you write down the time. We had to take the pH of our urine first thing in the morning, when you go to sleep, how much you meditate, exercise, water. And, you know, there were a lot of other things. And then trying to come up with, you know, if you like, if you meditate 27 minutes a day, then this happens, you know, by, but by keeping track of it and using the scientific method, which it, it was good. I, I really, I cheated a lot because if I'm tracking how much I meditate, I tend to meditate more. (laughs) I mean, it was a great experience and I ended up learning a real lot. So I ended up writing my paper years after the schooling about a breathing exercise that I kind of developed over the years. And it was, again, something is guiding me to do this. And it it is beyond me because I, you know, it took me a long time and for some years I would sit down once a week and write and I just never got that enthusiastic about it. And then I would, and my enthusiasm would go away. And I said to myself, if I want to write this paper, I'm going to have to get through that. And just, if I want to get my degree and I've said to myself, I'm going to just make it about breathing because it'd be really easy. And I kind of felt like I was kind of cheating the system a little bit, but we had to go back and reference it to the school and almost you know, at least once a month, if not more, in my notes and my journaling and the questions we had to answer, it would say breathing is the most important way that I take care of myself. So then it was like, wow, I wasn't, <laughs> you know, so I don't know. It It's not like I put that together, like something in me, my intuition or my inner master, whatever we're talking about, you know, directed me towards doing that. It ended up being a profound experience. It's cool. Nice. I wanted to ask, I want to ask two questions now, one because of what you just said, but unfortunately I'm going backwards with this other one. Um, Have you been able to, you know, like you mentioned, like you thought there might've been like an actual projection where you saw kind of your body on the floor after the accident. Have you been able to bring yourself to have kind of like out of body experiences still now because of that? Yes. So what I call it a soul travel as opposed to astral travel or projection um, and the, I think some of it is the purpose is to connect into the spirit as opposed to trying to connect to selling physically. Um, <clears throat> so even when I'm working with people, there's some of it where I look right at them energetically, but a lot of times, and I sometimes I have to remind myself of this because my human part wants to like go there and fix them. And it's like, no, look and see what's happening in the spirit. where their, you know, spiritual aspects are up there. So, yes, I do that meditation pretty much every day. And sometimes I find myself out of my body. Some days it's a bit of a struggle. And, you know, I check my phone 300 times (laughs) instead of, you know, doing it. But, um, you know, yes, that's kind of the purpose of it. When I'm, like I said, when I'm working with people, it is like I'm right there with them. So that happens all the time. And then uh, another question I had. um, Yeah. Unfortunately, I forgot the second one that I was going to ask. <laughs> um, I've had when I when I've had experiences um, 
where I seem to be like somewhere, I guess that like I'm not or whatever with my eyes closed. My my experience yeah. has been that um because I noticed um, you mentioned sound before. Have you ever noticed when you've had some experiences that sound doesn't seem to exist anymore? It's almost as if like you kind of go deaf and you just uh, see yeah. and that's it. Yeah, there are times. So sometimes like the spirit comes in and it's almost like this pressure on you. And sometimes it can be kind of on your ears and all of a sudden it goes, and then it's like, there's no sound. I don't know what that means compared to like, sometimes you just feel pressure. Like some people say they're kind of paralyzed. So sometimes that happens where, I mean, to me, I can always, if I really focus, I can move my arms, but sometimes it is like the spirit comes and it's pressing and it feels like I can't move my arm. But then I can if I really try to. And which arm would it be that you have a problem with? Uh, it's not. It, uh, I don't know if it. The thing I'm remembering just happens kind of to my whole body. Oh, and okay. Then, All, right. Know, All right. Yeah. I was wondering if it might have been your left or right. Yeah. Um, no. That it's. Yeah. It's. It's good to look at those things and see what it might mean or stuff like that. And then, but the important part is to do that and then put that information back and see. There's there's more like get the energy moving. So the purpose for me of getting the information is can it open up to more energy? Can it open up to more healing? And so sometimes using that information, then you just get caught up in the mind. And then other times like, oh, there's that key. And it is kind of like unlocking a lock and then more energy comes in. So that's what I'm always trying to do. And the keys. That's interesting. Yeah, um, yeah I've often wondered, and this might get sound like a little crazy, or you know, but I, I've often wondered, like in those crazy, kind of normal here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're all crazy yeah. Here. <laughs> um, you know, we're talking about energy and all that stuff, and like, I, you know, I don't know if like the soul is just energy or whatever it is, and like during these experiences, like you know, if somehow maybe I'm slipping out of my my body, yeah. I often had wondered, like you're talking about with here. Is it because like the energy in my body has gone so far out that I've actually gone past the what is that word used the concha whatever it is the thing that you you hear the little hairs in your ears have you yeah. actually kind of shut those off because your energy yeah. has moved beyond them and now that doesn't work anymore yeah and it's just wild uh, and crazy that sounds so it's getting scientific sounding but like no no it's I I like to explore those things and then entertain it and see you know I do think it's a different kind of hearing um or maybe you're just tuning into one station instead of the thousand that are out there for you to pick up you yeah know? <laughs> yes and even that well no maybe we're switching from one channel to a million channels yeah or it could be yeah the opposite way yeah instead yeah, of one now maybe it's all of them together who knows yeah it's fun to think yeah. about it and you know if it brings that joy in your heart and you're not getting too caught up in the thoughts where it starts to bring you down then it's good but it's yeah it's i like to think about things like that and you know we have to it's you know i guess in a certain way we could just close our eyes and meditate and everyone could get it but in general we need to talk and then the energy comes through our words and that's you know that's what i'm trying to do do you think that um and not to switch the subject too far, but I'm just curious if what your thoughts are on the use of psychedelics for, um, you know, uh, spiritual yeah. healing or development or breakthroughs that someone might uh, find useful. Um, yeah, I have definitely done that when I was younger, but I, I think it's better not to do that. Uh, just um, 
it's I think it's best to generate that stuff from you and not from external things. And that's, uh, but I mean, Bob Marley's a good example because his energy was kind of clear, but some people smoke a lot of pot. I know you're not talking about pot and their energy gets really mucked up. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I used to do that kind of stuff. And I realized for me being clear without external influences then I can be clearer and know what I know. Mm-hmm. An interesting uh, answer. I, I do, not that I don't, uh, I mean, yeah, I think there's certain, you know, psychedelics that can definitely help you and open you up, but I do think it is something that you don't need that for if you know how to do it, yeah. you know. So I, I agree with that, actually. I think it's good uh, they can be used to maybe uh, kickstart the idea, but I think yeah. in all honesty, uh, you can have those experiences, I think, without taking the drugs. If you put enough work into it, I do too. And you know, they use some of that to help people that are depressed too. And I think in that case, it's a good thing. Definitely. And you're, we're talking about things. One of my favorite TV shows is the dead zone. That has a lot of this stuff. And the guy in that story, you know, that was a book by Stephen King and there was a movie made. I didn't particularly like the movie, but the TV show I like. So he was in a car accident. I think he was unconscious for like three months instead of three days. But as soon as he came to, he had a vision about the nurse's house being on fire. and But the way they portray it, like he, he didn't just jump to assuming he knew that. It was always him trying to explore how to use that. And one of the episodes, I don't know if it was the CIA, but like the army had all these people in a room trying to, you know, see what other people are doing that way. So they explored some of that and they're also... Oh, it's, well, it's almost kind of like what the what you know the well what the CIA was using the uh, Stargate. Yeah, yeah. You know, what they were doing that mm-hmm. for was basically like astral projection to travel to spy or to just like look at things. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And one one thing that's definitely interesting, <clears throat> excuse me, about the CIA stuff is that they were not only using this type of technique of soul travel or astral travel to move within um, like current time; they were also going into the past. Wow, yeah. In order to view certain events all around the world, elsewhere, I mean, they really, (laughs) yeah, they got crazy with it for sure. I definitely get visions of all sorts of things. And I mean, in what I do, it, you know, people say, how do you know it's not in your head? I don't, in one way, it doesn't really matter if it helps the person, you know, I definitely see visions from other lifetimes of people. And I know that it is, but I don't, it doesn't matter whether it is, if it helps the person feel better to do better things in the world, to be healthy by clearing those things from those images, that is a good thing. So I just stay focused on that. I like how you said uh, in your head, I, I think honestly, it's all in our heads to be with. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is. And then it doesn't matter if it, you're helping someone and doing good things and, you know, that's what matters. You know, not that I'm promoting the guy, but uh, a lot of times, you know, people look at Lon Milo Duquette. Uh, I'm mentioning this because I used to be in the OTO, and he's yeah. a big, you know, he's a big, uh, big person in the OTO. He uh, sometimes takes the approach of like, you know, magic is in your head, and and so, so yeah. does uh, David Shoemaker, another big uh, OTO person. But it's funny how um, my Lon Milo Duquette did put out a book one time, and it says it's all in your head. You just yeah. don't know how big your head is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like well, you know this guy's saying some deep our, shit but they blow it off yeah. as like oh he's just being fucking silly you know 
Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's good to be silly. So it is, you know, but we do use our imagination to kind of start these things. I, you know, there is the part of kind of starting it and letting go, starting it and letting go and asking for healing, but being willing to let that go. Um, yeah, again, there's so many ways to look at what it is and how yeah. to describe it. And it, it's good. It's fun to talk about it. it. There's something intellectually stimulating about it, like, hmm, is that really what it is? Or, you know, and it, it helps even talking about my near-death experience or just layer upon layer upon layer of knowing. And mine, mine was 40 years ago. And like I said, about a month ago, I had this revelation like, wow, I was being shown how to meditate perfectly during my near-death experience. And I still haven't oh. gotten there now, <laughs> all mm-hmm. these years later. And But I took a whole nother big step in that direction. That's so it, it is using our curiosity and you know, it's way better than using your curiosity to do these negative things and run all these negative thoughts through your head. Hmm. It's important. Well, I've got a bit of a deep one here with this, but you <laughs> you had mentioned that you had seen Jesus yeah. during this process. Is your opinion um, that uh, sort of like these great teachers, Buddha, Jesus, uh, are they archetypes um, in the ethereal or are these people who were actually teachers who existed like on our plane and um, what sort of uh, important role do you think that they play in in uh, our spiritual experience? I think, I mean, those two were teachers on the physical level and are teachers in spirit now. So, um, so there's, yeah, the, there's, we're talking kind of levels. So there's the astral causal mental etheric and then the soul levels and the soul levels is where I, try to connect because it's a high purely spiritual level the part of it that's sometimes a little frustrating is in these lower levels and they're spiritual but they're lower spiritual levels there's there's more of a reference to the physical level and then up here um so to me i talk to people about that stuff. so sometimes i'm working and these beings come in i mean all the time but sometimes it would be like Jesus or Buddha, something, you know, but each of them is almost like a way to help people do what they do. So Jesus covers the most amount of people on the planet, but some people that's not who it's for, like Buddha, you know, Abraham and the Jewish religion, uh, you know, Muhammad, Allah, all these beings are there in spirit, the archangels, there's, uh, you know, all sorts of angels that are there to help us. I found that interesting yeah. that you said uh, like layers because uh, yeah. even going by the tree of life in the Kabbalah, I mean, all those spheres have four different layers of like almost like density of spirituality. Yeah. And the yeah. higher you go up the levels, it's like now you're getting to like archangels or the, like that aspect of God, you know, or like whatever mm-hmm. pagan God would be closer to the earth. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or an earthly yeah. thing. It's interesting that you mentioned the layers because I even see yeah, that in the Kabbalah. And then there's less and less in these higher levels. So it's, we got to let go of that needing a, an image or a word for the reference there. And then, you know, there's things like uh, divas that are in plants and that can help us or, you know, there's so many different beings in spirit. So everything on the physical level has something corresponding in the spirit. Yeah. You know, it's, that sounds like magic actually. <laughs> when you look, when you want to yeah, start getting yes. into magic, everything oh, has a correlation. And using it in a positive way. Yeah. Yeah. Some people. Yeah. Magic mm-hmm. I wonder- people are not a positive yeah. 
I wanted to ask. Let me just use different terms to you know explain the same mm. yeah, yeah. system. You know, that's when working with people. I want to try to find the terms they can relate to, and you know that's kind of important because you don't want people turned off or shutting down because you know people sometimes people are born in a religion they're very attached to it some people are born in a religion they're kind of against that religion so you just you know i try to get a feel for where they're at and use the words that work for them that i think that's important and you know don't be judgmental about different paths to god but i think that's super important i like that it makes sense. Yeah, way to like, I mean, like you could easily, I think, take the word paranormal and occult and switch them around. Just depends on who likes what word. I mean, they're both kind yeah, of yeah. explaining. Like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> you know, things that are invisible. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the occult, things that are hidden. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. really it. You know. I wanted yeah, to add, was, go ahead, Lux. I'm sorry. I was just going to uh, ask real quick for listeners what what would your suggestion be for the most the most important book that they could read about these subjects that would help them out? That is a good question. Um, I mean, some of the books that I read when I was starting out, one was Autobiography of a Yogi that I felt really helpful. The Way of the Peaceful Warrior was really helpful. Oh, I've heard of Um, that. Some of the Herman Hess books, those are fictional, but there's a lot of cool spiritual stuff in there. And the the Sufi I studied with, his name is Rashad Field. And the first two books he read are in story form. He wrote other books that are more specific, but the story books I find, one was called The Last Barrier, and the other one's called The Invisible Way. Those are two books that are, to me, were, I think, when it's in story form and autobiography, the yogi is a story same with the peaceful, the uh, peaceful warrior. Um, I know it just allows my personal path to come present without trying to narrow it down in a certain way. So I like, those are books I, that really had a big impact on me. Nice. Thank you. Cool. Thank you. I wanted to uh, also ask you real quick and then I guess we'll, we'll probably wrap it up here. Um, I'll probably actually have you on again because I didn't actually realize like how much experiences you had with other things too that I think would be interesting. Like yeah. even to I, that's I, one of the questions I wanted to get into was like the whole breath work thing, but I yeah. might just do that like a whole other topic with you because I do yeah. find that shit to be very very important. Yeah. Well, but, if anyone's interested, I have on my YouTube channel I have a video about the breathing thing I developed, and there's I kind of made a modified version of my treatise book for people to read without all the stuff that the school needed that would be on people so if anyone wants that booklet just you can get in touch with me and i'll send it to you awesome yeah you know and you know what before we end it i'll have you plug all your stuff and i'll put any links that you want me to put in the show notes as well to link to any of your stuff uh my website is lawrencebrock.com my youtube is dr lawrence brock and my TikTok is kind of cute. Doc Brock at TikTok. Doc Brock at TikTok. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, after after we get off here, I'll have you send me all those links and I'll put them in. But uh, okay. the last cool. question I had, and I, I probably should have asked it more at the beginning, but I didn't want this to take, if you happen to experience this, I didn't want to take up too much time with it. Yeah. When you have these experiences, like you talked about like the, the glowing orb, I've had experiences in magic where it starts off looking like a, an eclipse actually, and then starts yeah. to fill up with light and turns into like a glowing orb. And then like that, I could be somewhere else. Have you ever yeah. had that kind of, 
you know, I think honestly, it's what they call the black sun in occultism. I think people get it confused. Yeah. Have you ever seen the the eclipse doing your stuff and then it turns into a glowing ball? Not, not that I remember. Okay, all right. I mean, right. sometimes I have. I don't know how it's connected to this, but what comes to mind is, I sometimes I do dream work, and and sometimes I don't because I just want to sleep. <laughs> and it, so I had was had was having these very real dreams that I was, you know, able to kind of have some control over. And it was some years ago when uh, Israel and Palestine were really fighting. And I had this dream that I was up on this ledge and I could see them fighting down here. And I, and I said to myself, well, call in the light. And I called in the light and this light went. And then I woke up the next day and in the paper, you know, Israel and Palestine came to a peace agreement. I know it hasn't lasted, but it was, that was kind of really cool, you know. <laughs> All right, wow, okay. All yeah, right. and I don't know if I was seeing what was going to happen or had something to do with it, but it, it's a good story. That but reminds me of the, the uh, light that's going, whoosh, I think, might be similar to what you're talking about. Yeah, have you ever read the Gita? A little bit. What you were just telling me right now kind of reminds me of the beginning when, like, the kid's, like, in the middle of the battlefield on both sides. And he's mm -hmm. just like, oh, this shit just doesn't need to happen. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. This is reminding me. I, but I even think that book is all in the mind. It's more of like actually telling a story in the mind, not like a l literal fucking battlefield. But that's yeah. this is interesting. I thought of that as soon as you mentioned that story. Um, so, yeah, I guess yeah. I guess we'll wrap it up there if you don't mind. And I'll probably definitely have you back on for sure. other topics. Yeah, I love to talk about this stuff. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. Like, uh, when we first spoke, I... I think I even told you, I just wanted to make sure you weren't nuts. <laughs> so I actually, I was like, I actually well, I, didn't know this much about you before I, I even. Be, so. no. Well, listen, I'm nuts too. I just want to make sure you're on the same level of nuts. So, because yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> then we could jive together. But uh, yeah, the um, a lot of the stuff right, you do, the, I had no idea about. Yeah, I mean, this that's what I do. And it's when you say that, it's like the muggles versus, you know, like in Harry Potter. So you want to make sure they're the... The, whatever they call the magical people. Right? Yes. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I will definitely um, put your links in the bottom. You can send them to me right after this. I got to go check out your stuff because I didn't even know you had your own show. I'll be totally honest. Maybe you told me. I don't remember you telling me that. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this well, is great. I, I would have had you plug your stuff at the beginning. You didn't want to look at it because you wanted it to be from a Oh, yeah. Did I tell you that too? I might have told yeah, you that. Yes. Yeah, because a lot of times, like as long as I think like the person is going to present something coherent, I don't always want to hear it because then it's going to be like, all right, now I'm hearing it again. It's not as interesting. And I kind of just want to be surprised and go along with it. Yeah. And, so. Well, mm -hmm. it, in a certain way, that's what you have to do with spiritual stuff. You got to keep letting go of that preconceived idea so you can let in the fresh, the wisdom that's coming in at that moment. If you think you know it, then you're, that's from the past, you know, so yeah. you're on the present. <laughs> Very good way to put it. I like that. I'm going to go with that now on too. <laughs> That's my excuse. <laughs> but uh, thank you so much, uh, Dr. Lawrence Brock, for coming on. That this, It was a lot better than I had even anticipated. And like I said, well, I'll probably definitely have you on for other stuff. Um, you already gave your – you already uh, – 
you know, told us where to, to find your stuff, so I don't need you to do that again. Um, yeah. I will put your links uh, in the bottom of this, and I will probably release this. Um, I might actually just release it today and not even put it in rotation. Okay. I, yeah, I really enjoyed this. So when you can, mm-hmm. please send me the link so I can add them to the show notes. And okay. uh, Dr. Lawrence Brock's links will be in the show notes. So go check his stuff out. And uh, my links to uh, my show will be in the show notes, as well as the Occult Rejects, our Discord, our YouTube and Lux's podcast himself, Lux Rising, that will all be in the show notes. Uh, we have a nice little link tree made up now, so it's not a mess, and it's a lot easier to find. <laughs> um, thanks to Helen again, who uh, is our admin in our Discord as well. Um, yeah, so thank you, everybody, for listening. And uh, Dr. Lawrence Brock, again, thank you so much for coming on. I truly loved your story. I thought it was very interesting, and I, and I appreciate you coming out and telling it and being honest and uh telling your story you know i i hope that uh somebody learned something from this or understood you know something that happened to them that they might have heard from you yeah that's i hope i like that's a big part of it so yes that, well, that's why yeah, i wanted yeah, to have you really on really nice talking to you guys it's yeah good. thank so, you very much sometimes i think people like i think i've said to you may have the same experiences in different ways and sometimes when yeah. you just hear somebody else gone through it you might be like oh i'm not that crazy so. <laughs> like i said that for me in the beginning it was really good to hear that because I would have just, you know, I, I don't think I could have totally denied it, but it was certainly tempting to try to do that. Yeah, and this type of stuff really helps people in ways that sometimes we never see. But, you know, it's like even just uh, the reason why we even started a podcast together was because New York Patriot was on a podcast talking about his experience being in a secret society. I had never heard that message from anybody else before. And so we linked up and started our own thing. So mm-hmm. you never know how, you know, there's could be people out there who have the same experience as you and they've not heard this anywhere else. And now they've you know, can help them in a lot of ways and so know they're not alone, help to network with other people and, you know. Yeah, it gives permission to open up and own that very valuable, important part of ourselves. That mm-hmm. I think that's, that is, that's why I like to do it. And it gives me more permission each time I talk about it, like, oh, wow, that is really cool. And it's, you know, it's just great to connect. That's yeah, awesome. It's great. Yeah. Beautiful thing and a great way to end the show. So, uh, yeah, everything's in the show notes. Um, Thank you for listening. And, again, thank you for coming on. Lux, thank you for jumping in and asking great questions that I probably wouldn't have asked. Um, I appreciate all your help as well, co-hosting. And until the next one, everybody be well. Later. Later.